This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Rowan Two Sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers and we are here for Afterbirth, which is your um, fourth trimester and more support group. If you're pregnant right now, you're welcome. If you're postpartum seven years right now, you're welcome. Everybody's welcome, and we're all just here together getting through what daily evolves here. We're having a national pandemic, I guess a global pandemic, and we're all just going to hang out together and do the best we can. So my name is Rowan. I'm here, midwife here in Houston, Texas, and also critical body worker and critical staff. That's me. Oh, and I'm doing fine. I'm a Gen Xer. I have a rash going on. I have a psoriatic arthritis flare going on. So I'm like, I'm fine. Everything's cool. And it's like, hey, how about a big rash to show that you're not? But other than that, I really feel fine. Like I'm a little bit, you know, like emotional, I think like everybody else is, but I think my Gen X status is just rocking me right through. Everything is good. So that's me, Rowan. Hi, everybody. And uh, who would like to be next to introduce themselves? Hey, I'm Dr. B. I am the other half slash third of Preggers Can Be Choosers, the mental health director and Um, this group right now when I am holding space for others is a really nice place for me to dip into and just be amongst the people instead of working. So I'm super happy to be here. And the news that we have right now is that my sister, Rowan, made me uh, take a microgreens class. She's been talking about growing microgreens for the last probably 10 years and probably thinking about it longer than that, knowing her. And so we are working on growing microgreens. That is the task at hand. And I just want to give props to Rowan today because yesterday we got home from the grocery store, which is a big ordeal since we both have um, immunocompromised bodies. And I was starting to kind of have like strong feelings, which is probably the first time that's happened since all this, I think. Um, And Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown talks about how anxiety is contagious and when one person goes down it's like a domino effect the rest of us go down and my sister didn't go down she's just like okay have your feelings all right now what are we gonna do we gotta bring the groceries in like next you know (laughs) older sister syndrome right there like she just kept it going and I was like oh okay we don't have dominoes around here apparently so um apparently we are immune thank you to the lessons I learned with my mom okay that's it for me Hey, I'm Caitlin. Uh, I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old and my husband's home uh, working from home still, but we'll see if that continues to last. Um, He's in oil and gas, so it's kind of a rocky um, 
rocky industry to be in right now. Um, I'm yesterday I was not doing okay. Uh, everything's starting to hit. My kids are starting to act out and show their emotions in ways that are not um, in any way communicative other than it's acting out. And I know it's because of the stress around the whole situation because they understand a good portion of it, but they don't, they don't, because they're so young, don't grasp why we can't actually go do these things. And so it's starting to um, culminate in other ways. So that's um, weighing heavily on me. So Maggie or Eli, do either one of you guys want to introduce yourselves and say what's up? Sure. Um, I'm having lunch with my almost five-year-old, almost three-year-old, three-month-old here yelling at why we cannot put really sharp pencils down our pants right now um, <laughs> and where our hands should be. Um, we're all at home together all day, every day, um, and that's a lot. And my husband is working at home right now. Yep, you're all going to come say hi, right? Yeah. Um, other than that, we're doing okay. They don't know the difference of being at home or um, doing other things just because when she was born, you're in a rescue. Um, we had been at home for a little while just because of a new baby. So it's just kind of a continuation of that for the most part. Hi, nice to see you. No, I'm saying hi to um, And I lose my train of thought with every comment from my peanut gallery. Uh, my name is Maggie. Um, I'm seven months pregnant. I also have a four-year-old. My husband, I don't even know where to begin. He is here. He is, we're both unemployed at this point. Um, I tested positive for COVID-19 like two weeks ago. I had a cough for about a month. Um, I'm out of bed today, so that's like really big for me. And I'm just trying to not overwhelm myself and my kid and my awesome and just maintaining space so that I don't contaminate them. Although I think that they both are um, as asymptomatic because neither one of them has shown symptoms in the last month. So that's all I have. That's enough. That's enough. I do want to say that um, Lindsay, a friend of mine who's a homeopathy um, um, advocate, and uh, I don't think she's studying it, but she is real big on homeopathy. And she had a baby about a year ago. Yeah, a baby was born on Easter Sunday. So um, I just did a recording with her on people like new parents and labor and birth and homeopathy and staying at home. And so I'm going to get that edited tomorrow and then you guys can listen to that. And then Lindsay is a local Houstonian and you can connect, you can connect with her further because Lindsay's always happy to talk about homeopathy. And uh, Lindsay's one of my buddies. So I'm not saying anything that Lindsay wouldn't know or, and Lindsay's been on this group before actually. So I just wanted to say that. And um, we don't really have a topic for today. We've been just kind of like make it getting through with what we can do, getting through. So if somebody has a topic or anything that, 
um, they want to talk about, I'm happy to talk about it. Is anything on anybody's mind? Otherwise, I'll just jump into one of our 9 million options with today's situation. Maybe some 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 better diet tips. I don't know. I don't. I ordered that glucose meter. Um, I also failed my gestational. My, the, I failed the first time with my my son, Ronan, and he's four. But I failed the second time also. So I take it. I ordered the glucose meter, but I just had. Other than vegetables, like I don't. I like ice cream. <laughs> so that's my diet. Dark greens and vegetables. I just eat a handful of radishes. And then in about two hours, I'll probably have a scoop of ice cream. Got it. Got it. Well, first of all, props for um, getting the glucometer. That was a great idea. It's really good. And I know I've been kind of on your ass about it. And if it's okay, I'll just disclose that I've been, um, Maggie, can I get affirmation that I can get, disclose our relationship? Okay. I've been supporting Maggie a little bit with gap care um, while she tries to find the next place to have her, um, where she wants to have this baby. So we had met a little bit in the beginning of her pregnancy. And then I've been supporting her as she's finding the next right place to have this baby and um, supporting her and staying low risk. So I've been providing prenatal care essentially. Okay. Um, Lindsay might hop on this call because she's still texting me about follow-up from the last meeting that I just had. What are you pointing to, Blythe? Oh, there she is. Hey, Lindsay. Okay, Lindsay, I'm going to mute you for a second. And then you can introduce like, She's her. on. She's on. Oh, I, get, I just didn't see her. Um, Lindsay, I'm going to mute you for just a second. Um, so anyway, I just want to disclose that about mine and Maggie's relationship. That's how we know each other. So there we go. And that's why I know a lot about this. So that's good, Maggie, that you brought that up. Does anybody want to um, say anything about diet before I jump over and ask Lindsay what she thinks about stuff? Well, Rowan and I were just talking about that this morning, that I think people's bodies will be a lot differently on the other side of this social distancing. I really don't like that term. I really think it should be... Um, personal distancing socially we're still connecting like right now literally um we found a workaround but too late nobody asked me um but i was talking about how our bodies will probably feel a lot differently and look a lot differently and i'm being really mindful of it like i'm really trying to keep moving but i miss going to water aerobics old lady water aerobics is my jam and the pool is closed and I look at my little flotation belt and I'm like, I long for you. It's purple. It's perfect. Um, and I just think our bodies are going to look differently because we're eating differently. And Rowan and I were just talking about how we are super grateful. We changed our eating habits in January. We always do veganary. Um, and we learned a lot about dairy in our bodies. We have very similar bodies um, in how it processes um, histamines, I guess, and foods that are jerks, even though I want to eat them anyway. And so just kind of thinking about how people are taking that information that they know about their bodies and are they altering their diets or are they eating the way that they do, but still trying to move their bodies? Because sometimes you can eat the way that you always eat, but if you move your body, then it balances out. Like, I don't know, everybody's different. Um, but just kind of thinking that our bodies will look and feel differently on the other side of this if we don't have these conversations. And I'm lucky my sister lives in my backyard. We get to talk about this shit all the time. Um, 
And for those of you listening, she doesn't live in a tent. I'm not mean. She lives in an airstream in my backyard. Um, so just kind of thinking about it. And y'all, I need to say I'm a big idiot because I didn't realize more people were on this call. The way the thing was set up, I only saw myself and four people. So I don't realize that like Tiff is here, Mama D, Bev. So um, let's go, just keep going around and introducing yourself. And then I think we might lap around and just talk to Lindsay a little bit about homeopathy if you can. So, and what might help us when we're here at home. But so Tiff, Bev, or Mama D, you know, any of you guys want to um, introduce yourselves? Hey, it's Tiff. Um... I'm living in Maryland with um, my husband and two girls, um, almost six-year-old and four-year-old. Um, we have not seen another friend in two weeks. Um, my husband's the one going to the grocery store, and we really enjoyed Skyping with Caitlin a couple days ago. Um, her and I got to catch up and, um, before I moved to Maryland, um, her son and my daughter became pretty good friends. So they were very excited to physically see each other and talk to each other. Um, and I agree with Blythe, like we're, we're really still trying to stay socially connected. It's just that we are individually separated. Um, and as for diet stuff i feel like there's a lot more smaller meals in in our family right now like snacking and smaller meals we've been trying to get to bed earlier so that means earlier dinner um and right now i'm having a smoothie with green powder in it which is just like wheatgrass and spirulina and it really does give me like a boost of energy that's like plant energy it's not caffeine it's not fake so that's been like my go-to for um, nutrition energy and greens hey um i'm bev i'm a mother of four um ranging from six months to almost nine years old um i have definitely been struggling lately and I wanted really bad to be able to come on here this week and be like oh I'm doing better but I'm not <laughs> um but that's just life right now and it's weird that uh diet was brought up today because I've been um I've been on keto for like three months now or something like that and it's been working pretty well for me but then today I woke up not feeling great at all. I was very dizzy and lightheaded and like I could tell something was wrong. So I just started eating whatever I could, whatever I could get in, you know, um, and that ended up being a PB&J and goldfish and then crispy tacos. And I'm like, I know I'm going to feel this later, but like, I just need to eat. Um, and I am struggling because my anxiety has been really bad. Uh, and that always affects my eating, whether I'm eating less or more, I'm always like really, really bad about eating when I'm anxious. So it's definitely a struggle right now. And really my number one, you know, goal every day is just to make sure my kids are fed. And as long as my kids are fed, then 
I think that I'm doing a good job, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I've probably had like 500 calories today and that's not okay. So I don't know. I could, I could keep rambling, but I'm not going to, I don't have a solution. Just, just problems. Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Hey, I am um, Adila, also known as Mama D, and I have three kids, a four-year-old, two-year-old, and a about-to-be-ten-month-old, and I'm seven months pregnant. Um, so, it's been kind of rough the past two days because I've actually had a fever, um, so that's sucked. Um, but, uh, sorry, my son's like playing with that little door stopper thing. It's like his new toy on the floor. Um, but yeah, so if, <laughs> I don't know, uh, what are we, what are we talking mostly about diet? Like, what are we saying about diets? Sorry, I came in late. Rowan? Oh, I was hoping Maggie would unmute herself. Maggie, will you say what's going on with you and diet? Um, I failed my glucose test. I have a four-year-old. I failed it with him. And then I um, uh, just failed again. I'm seven months pregnant also, so congratulations. Um, and I just was kind of curious. My diet consists of me sleeping, eating handfuls of vegetables, and then several, two, you know, two to three hours later going and having like a scoop of ice cream or banana bread or basically junk food, but um, a lot of, I'm eating a lot of vegetables. I'm just trying to kind of figure out if there's some sort of um, foods that I can start entering my body because I'm, 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 I'm depressed. I'm, I'm sleeping like way too much. Um, I tested positive for COVID-19 on, um, March 26th. So that, that's what's, that's, that, that's the diet question. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't have, I don't know. I guess I don't have, I have a really bad diet. I have a really bad diet. I, my husband thinks he's always teases me and he says I'm allergic to vegetables um, because I really just don't eat vegetables and I cook them really just for him. There's like only three vegetables that I will eat. Uh, unless someone cooks it for me, then I always eat what's on, like what's in front of me. It's just like my manners, um, but I don't cook vegetables in my house. And um, yeah, so I have a really I do buy organic stuff though when I do eat and cook at home. Um, I try to only go to fast food places like once a week, but with this whole COVID thing, I feel like we've been ordering it a lot more. Um, so I'm not sorry, girl. I'm not sure what to say because I always think I'm going to fill my glucose test and then I don't. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, and this is my fourth pregnancy and I'm kind of like, I told my midwife, I was like, I don't really know if I want to take my glucose test because I don't want to 
I don't know, just go through that and I feel like I'll be fine. But then of course, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, maybe you should, Adila, because, you know, times are different now, especially like my cortisone stress levels are insanely high right now. Um, but yeah, I try to fit smoothies in where I can because my girls are picky eaters too. So I try to make the smoothies for them. Um, and then I just kind of like, you know, eat leftovers. I'm kind of like what Tiffany said. I just like, I feel like I'm eating the scraps off of my kids. And it's like, if I can feed my kids, that's like, yes, yeah, success. And then I eat the crusts and the leftovers that they didn't finish. And that's only like 500 calories. And then I forget, oh crap, I'm pregnant. I really need to be eating properly. Um, and I don't really get like a good meal in unless it's dinner because I actually cook for dinner and lunch is usually like leftovers or it's like a quick sandwich or, you know, whatever. Um, and then breakfast, you know, I try to do good with breakfast. It's usually eggs or omelets or oatmeal. Um, if I'm lazy, it's cereal. But yeah. Other than that, that's what's really going on with my diet. Uh, with my whole fever thing, it sucks because I've got like one client left who I said I would go to her house and support her and then wouldn't go to the hospital. Uh, and so I, I mean, she's like 37 weeks this week. So I was reading on CDC, it says like, if you have a fever, then you have to be like fever free and symptom free for three days before you step out. I play that by ear it really sucks because I would hate to like put someone else in danger because I don't know if I have it or if it's just like a passing cold that's going through my system um or what it is but yeah so anyways that's it right on right on and I do want to say that my biggest thing is if people are getting produce and protein and water and their supplements in their body every day and some type of movement then it's all good like because movement even a 20-minute walk every day will do so much as far as supporting a healthy body so daily fitness um, which I know is probably challenging Maggie as you start to feel better and have low energy and then also working with depression but some type of daily fitness is one of the most important things I can advocate. I care more that, about that than what extra things people are putting in their body besides the produce and protein. So I just want to throw that out. All right. Hey, Linz, I think you're up. Introduce yourself and then uh, what's going on. Hi, um, I'm Lindsay Mirvi. Um I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Um, I have, my diet has been pretty decent. We have been getting delivered from Fine Art Farms, which is our weekly farmer's market. Um, and we follow them on Instagram, and they tell us what they have this week. And we've been pre-ordering, and um, they've been delivering, or we've been picking up. And it's been amazing. And Eleanor has just started um, walking, but really like um, eating uh, better for her foods. And so I've been just roasting all the vegetables at once at the beginning of the week so that I always have something to throw into the toaster oven when, for her, when everyone else sits down to eat Whataburger or whatever junk we've managed to scrounge up. 
And um, so I'm just wondering maybe if Maggie put like a crock pot of chicken broth on and was able to kind of supplement off that. I'm sorry, that sucks. Um, Rowan, do you want me to touch on what we talked about earlier? I wanted to go over, cause kind of Eli brought it up about just being, did you hear that part that Eli said about being mm -hmm. in the house with the kids? Oh no, that wasn't Eli. Eli said that that's normal. Maybe it was Bev. I don't know. Somebody said that they're in their house with their kids all the time and it's a little much. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah. right. so um, we had talked a little bit about um, some homeopathy. And so maybe you could just talk about homeopathy for a hot minute and then things that might be supportive um, okay. for people who are in the house. So um, I'm an admin for a homeopathy group, um, Mary's Homeopathy Study Group. You are welcome to join and we are happy to help. Um, and I think it's a great idea. And homeopathy is super safe in pregnancy and um, for newborns, for infants. So it's safe for breastfeeders and effective. It's based on natural law. Homeopathy is uh, Latin for like treats like and made of substances that you're already exposed to all the time. So um, we did a recording for womb in the um, elephant in the womb where we're gonna talk, where we talked a lot about it. But um, for kind of this quarantine, it's really important to um, think about holistically your emotions and how they're playing into um, how we're handling everything. And um, there's a few remedies that are coming up a lot for everyone. Um, and one of those is phosphoric acid, phosphoric acid. You can get it at Whole Foods or Sprouts or um, HEB even, uh, Amazon, you can get it delivered. Um, and phosphoric acid is great for the exhausted caregiver. Um, and it is so tired. And it can also have insomnia because you still have shit to do all night. Um, but phosphoric acid, 30C, 200C would be um, a good idea to consider. And for um, the women who are having trouble, hey, I get it, I'm sorry. My walker is demanding the door open. Um, with anxious and fears and concerns um, for COVID, uh, an aconite would be really helpful, 30C or 200C. Um, and Maggie, the test positive, there's um, the homeopaths of the United States have organized and are working out of New York City to um, get homeopathy for free to anybody that needs it. And the website is homeopathyhelpnow.com. And um, you fill out an online form. It's quick because you're sick and you don't feel good. And um, then a homeopath calls you back when they can. Um, there's about 40 homeopaths responding to cases and there's a week of follow-up care. So, um, you know, one of the reasons why homeopathy is a less known complementary modality is because it's hard. There's five to 10,000 remedies to choose from. And if you don't match perfectly, nothing happens because it's just energy. And so if you make no change, then you're not inclined to try again. But my suggestion is that you keep trying because homeopathy is super safe and effective, especially in times of epidemics. Um, homeopathy's death rate in the Spanish flu of 1918 was 2% versus the, um, 
Western model of 34%. So um, the homeopaths are really trying to reach everyone that would possibly be willing to consider another modality because we can really make a difference pretty quickly um, in some of these more intense situations. Can you say the website again? Yes, homeopathyhelpnow.com. And I'll put this in the um, show notes too for anybody who's listening to this later. This should be in the show notes for you. And we'll also have a link in the show notes to the interview that Lindsay and I did together. And when you listen to that, get your pencil and paper ready because you're going to want to take notes or save it or whatever. And in that, um, Lindsay also recommends a couple of kits. And so to join Mary's, it's, that group is on Facebook. So if you're not on Facebook, this is just a group that you would get in. And uh, don't look at your regular scrolling feed or whatever. Just jump in this Facebook group. And what's the name of Mary? Is it just Mary's Homeopathy Group? Is that the name of it? It's, it's Mary's Homeopathy Study Group. Um, Mary's and Homeopathy we focus Study Group. on treating successfully um, acute illnesses and injuries. And so COVID is honestly um, fairly out of a beginner's scope. But like we, we want you to get better. And so, I mean, they're giving this stuff away for free. And there's a donation recommended, but um, they're also tracking the data and the symptoms so that they can come up with a genus epidemicus. Um, and the genus epidemicus is important because we could start using it to prophylactically treat people. In Cuba, there was a leptospirosis outbreak and they didn't have enough vaccines because of embargoes. So they um, spread the vaccine out across the entire population and stopped a leptospirosis outbreak in two weeks. Um, and so there's more in-depth research that you can do on the group that we, you know, can't provide to you in the Zoom call. Alrighty. Has anybody else in this group ever used homeopathy? Like, I, my body responds to homeopathy super well. Like, here's the thing with um, complementary therapies. Not every complementary therapy works for every person, just not like every medication, an allopathic medication works for each person. You know, like sometimes you'll go to your doctor and they'll want to fine tune different medications or different people with different histories or different genetics. Maybe Dr. Blythe can talk about that for a minute. But homeopathy works for this body super well. So has anybody else um, used homeopathy in the past and what's your experience with it or whatever? Like. Um, and there's different ways. There's a, um, a dry remedy where you actually put the pill in your mouth underneath your tongue. And then there's a way that you can um, take it orally, or orally in some water. And then also you can write it, um, there's something called a paper remedy. Um, Lindsay can explain in a minute. So somebody else has used homeopathy. I, is, it, is it just a combination of herbs? Is that what, I mean, I guess I don't know what homeopathy is like the definition of homeopathy is. Just, can someone define it? Rowan, you muted me. You're unmuted now, Lynn. Thanks. Um, so homeopathy is a, um, a model of medicine based on the energy of substances. And so when the body wants a remedy, it produces symptoms. And those symptoms match a remedy. And um, it's 200 years old. It was invented about the 
same time as um, uh, a lot of the Western medicine. And there's kind of some interesting history on you know, why we don't have homeopathy hospitals anymore, because we used to before Rockefeller. Um, but it's, um, so like take one remedy, for example, Hepsol calcareum is oyster shell. And what it is, is they put some oyster shell in 10 drops of water. And then they take one drop of that and put it in 10 drops of water. And then they dilute it so exponentially that there's only energy left from the oyster shell. So like there's no milligram of oyster shell or hypericum is St. John's wort. So like um, you can think kind of herbally of how you would treat St. John's wort. Uh, homeopathy will ease those herbal effects, if you will. And so uh, homeopathically, St. John's wort treats pain, shooting pains. Um, it doesn't treat depression in the same way that St. John's wort as a supplement would. Um, but uh, the there's no milligrams of St. John's work in it. And past um, 12C is when there's, it's just energy. Like it's past Avogadro's number. There's nothing you need to ask your doctor about. There's, and I'm not saying don't consult your doctor. I'm just saying is they don't understand. Um, and Rowan, I totally agree with you about the modalities. And I think that but the way that I like to explain it is that all modalities chip away a little bit and some modalities chip away a bigger portion for you. And so like when people say, you know, well, this worked perfectly for me. Well, yeah, it did. That's awesome. So I used, I used it with my first pregnancy. My midwives gave me like a regiment like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you take these pills. And I really didn't know much about it. And I just kind of did what they said. And that was that. <laughs> so, um, and it was like the pills that you put under your tongue and uh, they would dissolve. And then I took it also after birth. Um, yeah. So it's hard to say. I, I really didn't ask what it was for or like why. I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it did that. Um, uh, I, uh, my brother's really into it because, so my brother, he knows way more about it than I would, but my brother has, and some of you have been on here for a long time, know about my brother, um, but he has uh, uh, a really bad back and has had like three surgeries on his back and deals with chronic pain. Uh, depression, kind of anger management, a lot of things that came from the surgery. So anyways, he's really big into um, into that. And I think it does help him in a sense. But yeah, I think he has to stay consistent with it because he's not a believer of like pain medication. He's not a believer of taking Western medication. Um, uh, so he finds his relief in homeopathy but um like I said I think he sometimes doesn't stay stick to it and so he gets off his rocker a little bit um but when he is on a good regimen I think it's very beneficial hey Bev did you uh take it during labor did you do homeopathy or postpartum or anything do you want to share 
Yes, I did. I actually grew up using homeopathy. That was our medicine when when I was a kid. Um, so honestly, I don't know much about it. I just know that I grew up using it. Um, but I did, Shannon gave me, I forgot what it was, but I was having a real, I always have a really hard time going into labor. I take a long time. I go late. Um, and she gave me the magic tea stuff for a little potion that she has. And, um, then she gave me the two different, there was two different vials that she gave me and I was doing two, I think every 30 minutes or 15 minutes or something, um, back and forth. And, uh, I think it was just a combination of everything that she did, you know, uh, but I definitely think that that helped, um, get everything going. So, like I said, I don't, I feel like I should know more about it because I have taken it, but I basically, I just go by, you know, suggestions. I haven't done a whole lot of research about it, but I know that it works for me. When I was talking to Lindsay earlier today, we talked about how Rescue Remedy, and I was like, oh, I thought Rescue Remedy was a Bach flower remedy, but Lindsay told me that it's at a homeopathic dose, and I think we used, I was at Beverly's Labor also, um, just to share, that I hope that's okay, Bev, now that I, I can edit it out, okay, so I was at Beverly's birth, and um, I think we used Rescue Remedy for you at one point, when you're kind of like flipping your shit a little bit, um, and then, but it seemed to like work really well for you, you know, I think you were fixing to get into transition or we were, I don't know what was happening. But anyway, you weren't having it. We had a little rescue remedy. Things got a little bit easier for you. That was nice. So I just want to throw that out there. So maybe we haven't heard of, heard of homeopathy and these little pills or whatever, but I think almost everybody's been exposed to rescue remedy, even if it's a gummy that you give your kids or your dog during, you know, thunderstorms or something. Okay, I had completely forgotten about that, but yeah, you're right, and I actually, Shannon left that for me postpartum as well, and I was taking that um, for probably a couple weeks postpartum until I ran out of it, so. You know, it's interesting that you, Bev, that you talked about how you were taking um, this for your pregnancy and how late you would go and to help you kind of get things going because now I'm wondering I'm like when I think about it I went into labor at 37 weeks and three days with my first and I'm like I should call my midwives in New York and ask what that was <laughs> so I can have it again now because with each baby I've been going like further out right so I had 37 weeks and my second was 38 my fourth was past, or my third was past 40 weeks. And I'm like, oh my God, this fourth one's going to come at 42 weeks. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, but anyways, that's, that's just random thinking. I need to get in touch with them. Pretty. I think it's you, Lynn. Oh, thank you. Uh, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. Based on what you're saying about the regimen that they gave you, it sounds like they were giving you a, a developmentally supportive um, tonic, uh, cell salts, which is a lower potency that you can take all the time. Um, it's 6X. And um, uh, it would uh, be good for development. So basically, yeah, you might, you might go into labor earlier because your baby is cooked.
Caitlin, I don't remember if we used uh, homeopathy at your birth. I think we might, must have, though. I think we used some Arnica. I remember Arnica, but that was, I think, it. I don't know. That was a blur. Once everyone got there, I don't know when everybody showed up. I just, yeah. Yeah. So I remember Arnica, like, during pushing, I think. But I don't know. I don't know. It's very fuzzy. Understandable. Understandable. Now I'm feeling like I'm one of those people who shows up at everybody's birth because I've been to like half of the births in this in this thing in this group here. I swear it's not like that though. Hi, I'm coming. Like a deal will be like, yeah, when you show up at my birth for this fourth one, I'll know that you're a liar. Okay. All right. So homeopathy. Any other things that we're doing to keep ourselves steady? Steady. How much is everybody getting outside right now? Like I see three of us are out, two of us are outside right now. That's good. So is everybody getting outside and getting some fresh air and moving their bodies? Yeah, I'm actually getting outside way more than what I used to. Um, like my husband and I are always taking walks with the kids like around our neighborhood. We'll go to a park that's like specifically just for walking. We get the kids out to go walk or we're spending way more time in our backyard than we ever did, which is nice because it's pushed us to finish our backyard projects to make it all fun. Um, so this social distancing quarantine deal has definitely pushed us outside more. Well, on medium.com, there's also that um, article about Spanish flu and how the patients who recovered in the makeshift tents outside recovered much faster um, because A, there weren't as many iatrogenic deaths and B, they had fresh air. So like as soon as quarantine started, we opened all the windows and we're like, get that stuffy air out, breathe. Right on. Eli, are you getting outside? Tiff, how about either one of you guys? Um, like we talked about last week, I've been walking the dog, which is great for the dog who needed a lot of exercise. Um, and I've been doing Mama Strong, trying to find a combination or like a schedule that doesn't make my insides feel like they're gonna fall out of me. Um, so I'm still finding that balance, but trying to be outside. That and like, if my kids are going crazy, I just throw them outside so they can learn to survive out there. I've been really trying to go outside more but it's I'm I'm in some kind of depression mode right now so it's really hard for me to I think sitting outside is one thing but then like going for a walk is like a whole nother thing and it's really hard for me to do that you know the physical act of going on a on a walk and I know that my kids need that and I'm trying, you know, we're, we're doing it probably twice a week and we went to the park last week and rode bikes and played baseball for a little while and it was good, but, um, it's okay. No, I'll get her in just a minute. Thank you. Okay. Give me one minute. Um, okay. I'm, I don't remember. You're going outside, but it's hard to go for walks, and you played baseball and rode bikes last week, but it's been hard to do it on yeah. the reg. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I think, I know it sounds terrible, but what gets me outside most of the time is the fact that I am a smoker. Well, I vape. And so I come outside and I sit down and I know it's not good for me, but I'm like, well, at least I'm sitting outside for a few minutes. And there are plenty of times that, you know, my kids are just, everyone's bored and we don't have anything to do. And so I'm like, just go outside and I don't, you know, like we can do arts and crafts outside. You can swing, you can play baseball. Um, okay, Ava, can you go inside for a few more minutes? I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. Alrighty, Tiff, getting outside because I know you're challenged because you're in an apartment. Yeah, outside has been like our saving grace lately because the girls will get very rambunctious and we're trying to be respectful of our downstairs neighbors and just the fact that, you know, there's 15 other Tiff, turn your, people. Um, turn your visual off. Turn your visual off, Tiff, and then just do audio because it's lagging. There we go. Um, yeah, so last week was hard because I started my cycle and it made me go into this like roller coaster of emotions. So I was just wanting to hide under the covers for a couple of days. Um, but going outside has definitely improved everyone's mood every time we go even if we don't want to go kind of like make ourselves go outside and we always come back in feeling better so it's something you have to make yourself do i feel that for me personally sometimes just especially this week just because I have to take for adventure every day yeah yeah Okay, it might be my internet that's unstable. And unfortunately, since mine's the one that's unstable, that's the one that it's doing the recording on. So I'm gonna just flip my camera off. All right, so Tiffany's getting outside some. Hey, Tiff, do you have a balcony or no on your apartment? We do have a balcony. Um, yesterday, I gave the girls spray bottles and I put all my plants outside and they watered my plants. And, you know, they're like shooting off the balcony, which is like, you know, whatever, it's just water. Um, but I've been even at points where maybe we can't all get outside together or, you know, just another hour and then we can all go for a walk. Sometimes I'll set up like a tea party out there or like a little picnic on the balcony just so that they can still be outside and just be waiting for the rest of us to like get situated to go on a hike or a longer walk or whatever. So the balcony has helped. Um, yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, we're about 10 minutes from being done. Does anybody have anything they want to, any burning desire? That's what we say in AA. Does anybody have a burning desire, anything we super want to look at? or Because right now we're just kind of working on this, just getting through it together. So anything else that you want the group to look at with you? I want to say just before we all leave that um, aconite given in the first 24 hours of a cold or any symptom or any virus 
can stop the virus completely. So give aconite, get it, take it. Don't, don't, don't get sicker. It can stop it. Slip up. Be well. Lindsay, is that a preventative as well, or is it something you take just when you have symptoms? So homeopathy only works if the body's calling for it. Um, the reason to find the genotypic is because that potentially could be taken as a preventative, but until we find that, there's not really other remedies that are going to be as good preventatively. Um, so it's really just something you should start taking if you start to show a symptom. But like, I will say as far as exposure goes, like for Maggie and the other people, and that if any of them had exposure, that they could take aconite and potentially never get sick. And I was just curious as to like, Maggie, how are you feeling? Do you feel like you're recovering or do you feel like you're still kind of in the thick of it? Um, I'm feeling a lot better uh, than I was. I never broke a fever. My symptoms were very mild. Um, I was freezing for a few days. Like I could not get warm. No, like the shower wouldn't get hot enough for me to feel warm. Um, I still have a cough. But, uh, so my, my father is in Maryland also, and he tested positive and my mom, so in Harris County, they're not, they're, they don't give you anything to be like, oh, there's no, there's no medication. There's no guidelines. It's, hey, quarantine yourself. And if you feel really, really bad, like you can't breathe, go to the emergency room. Um, but so the public health in Maryland sent my dad like this whole thing of isolate only for seven days when I was told 14 and if you're still showing symptoms after seven days then isolate until three days after until you're not showing symptoms this means no fever difficulty breathing a lingering cough is to be expected so I have a lingering cough it's it but it's only like bad at night if I take Claritin during the day, it goes away. Like, I don't cough during the day. Um, I just, my, I think at this point, I'm tired, and uh, I'm, I think the tiredness is depression, and um, that's just kind of where, where I'm at. I just, I'm trying to, like, make sure I'm eating right so that my brain is producing enough serotonin i'm trying to get outside i've been sitting outside for a good at least 30 minutes every day i'm not being super active because literally sitting outside is exhausting for me um yeah i don't i have i'm not really showing any any symptoms anymore um other than the cough and according to everybody's invest the COVID-19 investigative team of Maryland is saying that the lingering cough is to be expected, but Harris County didn't say anything along those lines. So who knows? I think, uh, I think it's, I think a lot more people have it than, and are asymptomatic than, than they, than we realize. Um, that's a whole other thing. So, um,
yeah, that, that is how I'm feeling. Thank you for asking. Maggie, how did you get tested? Just curious because I know like testing here, they're like saying like you have to have so many symptoms and it's like, you said you didn't even have a fever. So I, um, I was living in Maryland and, uh, I called Rowan. I've been having some preterm labor issues and I, um, after like consulting with her, we decided to come home. Um, my husband had been laid off in DC, our renters for our house here in Houston backed out. Um, and it was just like one thing after another, I wasn't in a good environment. So I came home and after being home for a few days, like I thought that it was just like the stress of the environment that I had been in and my body finally relaxing. But uh, the whole not getting warm and not having a fever, like my fever was 97.8 the entire time. I never had a fever. Um, so I went to my OB and then the next day I actually got a call from um was it Harris Health Services saying that they think that I was exposed and that I should go get tested. Here's your number. Here is the phone number. And they gave me a code. And then I sat on the phone for two hours waiting um, to schedule an appointment. And that was at like 11 a.m. on that Thursday. And, and my window was three to five that night took about an hour and 20 minutes. It was one of the scariest things I've ever had to endure because they make you go by yourself. They make you turn off your car. You can't unroll your windows uh, to like let circulation in. So I was, you know, heat can make you panic. Um, and then they swab you and tell you to roll up your window and, and, and point you out of the parking lot. Um, so if you are thinking that your, your fever could be it, I know that the phone number is on the Harris County Health Services website. It takes forever to get through to somebody, but I just wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would, I personally wouldn't risk it if, um, if I had a fever and, and you don't know, I mean, who knows, you could just have allergies. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I, we haven't <laughs> left our house since we've been home, except for me to go to the OB. And, and they still have yet that the, the doctor that I was seeing, she still, they still haven't called me back. I called and left a message and they, um, that's it. That's, they called and asked when I was tested, but it wasn't my doctor or the nurse practitioner there was someone from the front desk and I was just kind of like okay so was someone gonna call me back and they said yeah we're gonna have so-and-so call you back and it's been over a week so um Adila I will say I, I spoke to both my husband's and my son's doctor and they both had <laughs> tests. Um, they told us not to come get tested because our symptoms were mild, um, we could have gone in, but um, we chose not to for other medical reasons. Yeah, I think that a big part is if you do think that you've been exposed and that you 
um, could potentially test positive and it's just for your own peace of mind, go for it. But otherwise, there's really no reason uh, because they don't do anything. They tell you to go home and quarantine yourself and your family and stay hydrated, drink plenty of fluids, and try not to stress because it's bad for your baby. Literally what the woman said to me. So I was like, cool, thanks. Bye. Like, I don't have anything nice to say. Like, obviously, I was very upset. Those feelings were very valid at the time. But no one, they're not giving you, you know, there's no vaccine. There's no antibiotics. There's nothing. It's a virus. People don't, you know, you don't get antibiotics for viruses. They just say, let it work its system. So that's, that's what you do. Well, I'm so sorry, my friends, but we're at 11.59, and I got to see somebody after this, so it's 12 o'clock, according to the computer, but what I do know is that we're all in this together, right, and we're a community. Thank you for coming to the Afterbirth um, support group, and we are every Tuesday at 11, and we have back episodes on Anchor if you want to catch up with where we've been and who we are and who some of the voices are, and um, Bev, I think about like Dr. B and I have shared this before, but we started this group because our girl Tiffany needed support. Like Tiffany was going down and we needed to be here for her. So we did. And now I think about, <laughs> it makes me a little emotional. And now I think, you know, when we gear up, I think about you, Bev, you're the person we're showing up for and all the other Bevs in the world who need us. And, need, you know, we need to just be here together right now. And Mama D having your baby soon. And Maggie, now you've joined us and that's great. And hopefully we'll get Eli and some other folks coming in, but um, we're just going to keep showing up and loving each other and listening to each other. And we can't really change it, but we can change um, emotionally how we feel about stuff and how we cope about stuff. And that creates a chemical signature in our blood. And when it gets total wackadoo, it's harder for us to stay healthy. And when we're more than even keel, our bodies stay healthier. So that's what we're doing. We're just providing that, um, calm and togetherness so that's our mission and I think we're achieving it and I'm glad we can do that for each other so now we typically uh unmute ourselves oh I want to say join our Facebook group um if you're a Facebook person and if you're not you can just join our group and sometimes we keep the chat going on in there and it's the afterbirth um podcast support group and that should be in the show notes and if you have need help navigating that and you're in this group then just text me real quick and I'll help you get on but um, now we unmute ourselves and we tell each other that we love each other because we do and that we'll see each other next week. Love you guys. Take care. Love you all. Have a good love week. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Bye. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.pre g-g-e-r-s dot r-o-c-k-s and we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.